0: to another episode of boys in the barrio today we have a special guest um i'm sorry i never run late but today i felt like i was running late um but i hauled the ass over here to make this interview um we've had her on the uh, on the podcast before but it is a pleasure to have her in person we said we were going to do it and i'm excited to have her here it is a pleasure for me to welcome Yeri Guevara to the Boys in the Barrio podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad to be here.
0: Thank you for joining us. I know um, you've been here for the holidays. How long have you been here already? I've
1: been here two weeks now.
0: Two weeks now. Okay. How, do you, how have you enjoyed it so far?
1: Oh, my gosh. Has There's Houston
0: changed since the last time you came?
1: All the time. Now they opened up this part of 45 with the construction.
0: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Fucking game changer. Yeah, it's a... Uh, Houston is just changing as we speak. It's getting more and more crowded. It's getting scarier and scarier.
2: People drive crazy, you know, because it's construction, and then half people don't know what the hell's going on, so it it makes it a lot more dangerous. But there's progress being made.
0: At least there is a little bit of progress being made. So tell us a little bit, Um, since the last time we spoke, you gave us a little bit about your history and where you came from a little bit, but I wanted to dig a little bit deeper this time. So for those who don't know you, Tell us a little bit about yourself, who the people who have not heard the other episodes, they could get to know you a little bit on this one, and then we'll go from there.
1: Okay, cool. Um, so I'm Yadie Guevara, I am a writer, and I live in New York City. I am, I grew up in Houston, Texas, and my family from El Salvador. And um, so this last year, I've actually started uh, self-publishing and sharing my work, and I um, and it's been amazing.
0: So I feel like really happy with it. So I don't is that it? I don't know what it was. No, no, cool, cool. Okay. Um <laughs> No yeah, I mean it was good. I mean I, I think you, you did exactly what
1: you did. <laughs> I was like, that's two sentences.
0: <laughs> no, um so most of the stuff, so the people who don't know, you have a zine. Right. But like your first one it was was um uh, which one was it? The uh, Savior. The Savior. Right. And that's the one where uh, I still remember she sent me just that, And then my cousin, she sent them all the little gift packages. Kevin, she sent oh. them all the little booklets. Yeah, yeah. So he got the hook All the nice little decorations. <laughs> I got just the plain book. <laughs> I thought you got just a link. No, <laughs> lo- no. All that was missing was for it to say, no love on mine. <laughs> no, nah, I'm playing. But it's amazing. I, I truly Thank loved you. it. Um, especially uh, because... Uh, Jamal. Yeah. I think I've I've told you before that um there is a lot of people doing things out there creative creative wise and especially a lot of people doing creative things in the Latino world, but it's mostly um for the the Mexican culture out there, you know? It's yeah it's a lot more. So what amazed me about this, about her work was that her being Salvadorian, which is where I come from. You get what I mean? So for her to put it in a zine and actually in her words was actually amazing because it's so relatable. You get what I mean? So that's no, that's and
2: you're right, man. At least even from my at least from my little point of view, you know, a lot of times, you know, you see a lot of different uh, Latino things in general for media or whatever widespread it is, and a lot of it seems to tie back to Mexican. So it is cool to see just different types of ethnicities and different countries kind of getting represented besides just Mexico.
0: It was like, uh, for example, the the movie Coco. Have you seen the movie Coco? Oh my no. God. Not yet. I, I cried like a motherfucker. Yeah. I cried like uh, a... Th- yeah. I, like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I cried. I cried. Heard it's because the last right part, it, it reminded me of my grandma. So that's what got it. Stung. <laughs> but even then, like, um, it's crazy because for, let's just say, the average American, they don't know about the Mexican culture or anything. They just put all cultures into to the Latin culture. But they, at the end, end of day, the day, yeah, and, to, and and for that, that movie's just speaking about the Mexican culture. There's still more that falls under, you know, the Latin culture, which is yeah. Salvadorians too, Colombians, Cubanos, whatever it is, it's still a lot more. So that's why, um, I don't know, I just really appreciate the things that you're doing because. Aww, thank you. And just seeing Salvadorians do more, <laughs> you know. At, uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you ever felt like um, as Salvadorians, do you think we're still stuck kind of, like, in the probably phase of... Uh, probably the old schools are being scared of doing things.
1: Ooh. Wow, that's a lot. Um, Yes, I totally agree with, like, um, documenting our history and representation being everything in the media, especially seeing ourselves and our stories being told. I think the fact that... How does fear play into, like, how we're being represented, right? I think it's, like, a lot a fear of us, of the other, right? In terms of, like, MS-13 or MS-18, like, yeah. how we're being perceived with fear. And also, like, how do we handle fear being from, like, a war-torn country? Because I feel like that's a lot of intergenerational trauma that we hold. Yeah, And yeah, it's yeah. something that, like, manifests itself a lot. And it's, like, being... Um, growing up in the, like, stability... Well, so, supposedly stability of the U.S. And it's, like how do we handle fear when we're always kind of being perceived as the other? Or how do we handle our parents' fear and, like, trying to explore our own space and our own identities, right? Yeah, correct. And so it's just kind of like, I don't know. I mean, personally, I think fear works as an incentive because if I'm scared of something, it's like, I got to do it. Like, it's something's driving me, something's pulling from me. But I think it's a lot of it comes from survival too. I think a lot of that fear comes from like, you know, not getting deported or a lot of it just trying to like... Which
0: I, I think that has a big oh thing gosh. to do with it, right? Yes. I think, I think. <clears throat> so I think that's a huge one right there is like the the fear of um, getting deported basically. That, how,
2: how big of a fear is that? Well, first of all, the trip ain't cheap. Thing. First of all, I'll tell you that much. <laughs>
0: the trip is not cheap no, for a Salvadorian to come over here. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's averages up in past six thousand dollars.
2: Damn,
1: U.S. dollars. Yes, and, dollars.
0: and if you want some good service, it, it gets better. Like, <laughs> like, like if you don't want to see a train, <laughs> if you don't want to do nothing, like it gets up there, player.
2: Hey, so do the coyotes, do they have like a Yelp or something like that where you can rate them? Or bro, to this point. Is bro, there like an Uber or something like that? You can be like, yo, You man, know what's I'm amazing? Like, <laughs> uh, Three-star yeah, rating. He screamed you know, at me. You know what's crazy? Yeah,
0: yeah, now that you say that, uh, there's this guy. I forgot what article did it, but they did like a documentary on a coyote who was in El Salvador. What? And he said, not a doc. It was like an article on him. Yeah. But he speaks and he's like. Yeah, I used to do this, and I lived over there, whatever, whatever. But uh, I do this, you know, uh, and this is how I do it, or whatever, whatever. Mm. But it was crazy to hear that side mm. of the of the of the story. You know yeah, what I mean? You yeah, know, that's like, a good point. of course, he didn't give out his secrets nah, where where I he has a. Uh, he
2: can't hook you up. Man. He
0: ain't gonna tell you who's the one. <laughs> <that's> <laughs> that know. The half I take right here, right here. <laughs> but. <laughs> But anyways, um, so what made you do this and focus on the Salvadorian culture? Why not uh, write a zine about something else? What about the, the culture that made you write about it?
1: Huh. I think it's something that I really can't pull apart, right? Like identity. I feel like being Salvadoran is equally as important as being Texan, as being a woman. You know, it's all these intersecting of identities, but I feel like... The last scene came out mostly because I was in El Salvador. (laughs) Okay. And I was just trying to write everything down. Like, just what my tia said or, like, what um, this conversation I had with, like, the shop owner or whatever. I was just trying to, like, document everything because, like, we don't have our history written down, you know, because of the war, because we left everything behind, because everything got burned, you know. And because of
0: everything being presented now, like you just said earlier. Like, it's presented as ms 13 or ms whatever it is whatever it is it that's what we're being presented as everybody like that's the culture like Mm -hmm. if you're something oh so you're ms or you this
1: or you that yeah that negative association right and i think that's where my work really tries to fill in where it's just kind of like a writing our history and kind of owning our story too you know because most of the time we don't want to talk about how we didn't have papers or most of the time we're scared to share these old fears because of what it comes Mm -hmm. up but it's also at the same time in sharing that, you see how many connections are being made where like me too, you know, or like, oh, like I have a very similar experience and just kind of like finding that sense of community with other people because it was really isolating growing up Salvadoran, but that never, you know, deterred me from being Salvadoran. You know, I always like, yeah, I am Salvadoran and if I'm in it alone, but I'm in it and just meeting other people and saying like, oh, that's my experience too. And it's just kind of really been reinforcing that there's this need to see each other and to be with each other and to share our experiences because mainstream is not gonna do that for us. You know, and I think we're really at an age where we're able to kind of like share our perspective and see each other. And I think that is so important. You know, from a generation of hiding in the shadows, right? For survival and to be able to finally come forward. And I think with the zine itself, it's the idea of like self-publishing. Like I didn't, my intent was not to write a zine. My intent was to share my work with my deal. My Theo doesn't have a computer, so it's just kind of like, how do I put this on paper for him? And so I just kind of fell into like the subculture of being able to kind of like own my voice, print, print it, and then like share that with other people. And it's just kind of grew into something else.
0: But before yeah. this, um, you were already writing stuff, or privately.
1: Yeah, I was writing. What for is myself. it that you
0: would write? I'm
3: curious. For
1: my own, oh, just trying to make sense of things, right? Because it's like I would kind of like revisit. I was part of a writing group, so that helped me get like in the structure of like. Sitting down, I have to produce something. So um, I think it was that discipline first, but what came out was just kind of like a reflection of my life. You know, I wasn't trying to make up stories, I just tried to write down the stories I heard. Cause like, I think that's a really big thing with, uh, well, at least in our culture, is just that oral history, that oral storytelling. And it's like, can I write this down before I forget, before, you know, my yeah. ancestors or my grandparents or my parents forget, you know, and to have that. Legacy because I don't have that. I wish I had a story for my grandparents, you know? But if I can write that for the next generation, then like that's good too, yeah.
0: Have you been able to dig deep into your, uh, (laughs) your, your, and like before your, before Mm. your grandparents?
1: just my stories right and so like i haven't done any like official documentary dna history stuff because i'm really scared of what i've, gonna thought,
3: find I've out. thought about doing I'm it terrified. but then i'm like
0: yeah. am i ready for
1: that Ooh, what's that fear yeah. um i think finding out something that i wasn't ready for in terms of like um i don't know i think like a lot of gender violence where i'm thinking of a lot of like um, having one story and then finding some evidence or some paper that tells it a completely different. Mm. And you're like, wait, but I thought this all this time mm. or something like that. Um, but again, it's because I'm scared of that. I feel more reason to do it, to find out what is there. I'm really curious too, to find out like, you know, what happened to my uncle that got lost in the war, you know, like there has to be some paper trail. And so, um, but I don't know if I'm emotionally ready to find that out. You
0: know what's crazy that you say yeah. that, Yeti? Um, from my dad's side, uh I got. I have an uncle that got lost crossing the border. Mm -hmm. Never, no trail, Mm -hmm. nothing. But believe it. It's crazy you say that because I even last time um I was just up in the middle of the night (laughs) just searching shit, and then I searched. uh, I tried to search around the time my dad tells me he he got lost. You know, guy gets lost or something in the border, but nothing came up. Mm. You know, like, but um. I I would want to dig deeper into that, you know? There's just so many things that happened around that time that it was just so many people fleeing the country mm-hmm. that it was just, ain't, ain't nobody keeping track of that shit. Like, just leave. You go I mean? do what you have to do and find wherever you need to go, just leave, you know?
1: Yeah, and that's so hard, too, to know that, like, because I think my dad was telling me the story about, like, Oh, I was crossing in this town and then like uh, in El Salvador and like this police stopped me and they're like, well, who do you know in this town? He's like, well, I know this person, this person, this person's my godmother. This person's like, you know, my aunt's cousin or whatever. And so to go from a place where everybody knows you and you know everybody and then to kind of just leave everything behind and to go to a country that nobody knows you, nobody gives a fuck about you and just kind of like exist. And it's just like, how do we like repair that and to feel like we do belong in the spaces that we are, you know, in this country over there. And so um, that's like really heavy shit that I have no idea how I'm processing it, but I feel it's important to like have those conversations. And I think like in my writing, I just try to write down like the conversations I have with my parents, you know, or just trying to kind of like make sense of it all. Or, and also it's healing for them to kind of like, let it out and just shit that they were holding. Like my mom told me the story today, how she just like stood up her, uh, you know, for herself Like, um, against like this guy almost attacking her. And I was just like, what the hell? Like, you're such a badass. Like, I know (laughs) how much of a badass you were, you know? And just like, and it fills you up with so much pride and it fills you up with so much like, yeah, we are badass. Like, we descend from these like amazing people that we weren't like, we have shallow roots in here in this country, but like our lineage goes way the fuck back where like really brave ass people like stood up. And, like, if it wasn't for them doing that, like, I wouldn't be here where I am, yeah, right, yeah. to be able to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just this luxury of being able to, like, read and write, <laughs> you know? Correct. Because, like, my grandparents, you know, they're illiterate. And they're from – they're rural country for, um people. And I love them so much even though I never met them. But, like, to know that their granddaughter is writing. Their granddaughter is, like, sharing stuff. And it's, like, I just try to honor that. Like, they existed. They did the hard work. I'm just – Writing it <laughs> down, which That's is
0: incredible, yeah. It's, <laughs> it is. I mean, and for you to be okay, so you, you you were born here mm-hmm. in the states, correct? Right, just like me, but uh, um, we're first generation, right? Right, so there is this thing like for me, I, I've gone back and forth within myself to find out that the pressures I carry as a first generation, oh my gosh. I don't know if you feel it or not, All the fucking time. but. This is what I fucking realized that we were raised in the Salvadorian culture as if we were fucking from the fucking El Salvador. <laughs> Just you're in the states. That's basically what it is. <laughs> it's like you you are raised like this it, it's basically like that's what it is, bro. Like you, yeah. you wake no up you wake up the house always smells like fucking fish. The <laughs> house thanos th- in the morning or whatever. You got a whole fucking thing just going on. I mean, like, I have an uncle who keeps his house, like, if he's still over there. There's chickens in front of my house <laughs> because he's my neighbor. Oh
1: my gosh. Does ¿sí he have
0: the llavero where he's like, aquí están las putas Something like that. And then there's like, <laughs> yes, he does. And, but you get what I mean? It's like, mm. I realize now that we were raised, like, if mm. we were over there. You right. know what I mean? Because that's all they're new. They're, they came here for a better life. Right. But. They didn't know how to raise no kids. You get what yeah. I mean? Nobody, there's no fucking rule book of how do you raise your kids. So they raised them to the way they were raised.
2: You get they what I mean? all the, the shit they knew and all the culture they knew. Right. They brought it over here. So even though they're over here now, it's still, the household's still El Salvadorian to its core. So you grew up, even, even with the, it's just, it's not even as much Americanized, as much as just El Salvadorian with that American kind of twist just because... Of where you are. Right? Yeah,
1: and I think that's kind of like the complicated thing about being first generation, trying to make sense of it all, right? Yes. Because for them, they have their reasons for doing things and for us, we're like, well, I don't know what that means. <laughs> or just like trying to figure out American things and it's like, who do we ask, right? Or we look at each other and we're like, TV taught me? Like, I don't know how to make sense of all that. And I think that's what helps with like our siblings. And then I, right?
0: and then I think what was very confusing for me too, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you can relate, Yedi, but... When I was in elementary, and middle school, high school, um, there wasn't a lot of people actually saying you're Salvador- they were Salvadorians. Right. It, it was very, I like, I can still count it and I still know them. That's mm. how crazy it is mm-hmm. right. that I still know them and I still tell them every time, you're the only one I knew that was Salvadorian. And the only reason, and it's crazy because it was obvious, like, our, our parents would kind of talk, it, 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 you know. It, it, it was weird, but mm. I, I think that's, Part of it, too, it was like there was never really that much of the pride in it of mm. you since the younger, gen, you know, the first generations being proud of saying I'm Salvadorian, you know. So I don't know. Like, it, it, it it's weird, but I'm like, I wonder why. You know, I wonder if it was we just. We didn't see
1: anyone. That's the thing. We didn't have any examples or role models to say, like, they're Salvadoran too. And it's just like, yeah. oh, that's cool. Um, And I think that's kind of where the idea of, like, representation is everything, right? If I had, like, yeah. one fuck, Latina, like, role model growing up. It was Selena, right? Yeah. And so that's where I was just like, wow, she looks and she speaks Spanish and English. Like, that blows my mind. And she can be a decent human being. Yeah. And then when she died, it's like, oh, that's what you get for being awesome. <laughs> and it just broke my heart into little tiny pieces because I didn't have any role models. And I yeah, think yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. where um, is really heartbreaking growing up and, like, not seeing anybody who looks like you, not seeing anybody who shares your story. Or even just like growing up, like working class, you know, immigrant class, where it's just kind of like that affects a lot in your perception of the world, right? Of how you see the world. And so it's just like, how do we um, grow from that and appreciate it, too? So, I remember for, I, it's
2: funny though, man. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, the only reason I laugh is because this reminds me of black folks, too. Especially
3: because <laughs> especially I'm like,
2: oh, hey, we got Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. All right. Like, we got leaders, and they both get killed. Like, right? well, <laughs> <laughs> They're like we tried so then, hard. Obviously, obviously yeah. all of this stuff was extremely tragic and terrible I'm right. sure, at the time. <laughs> but it is one of those things you kind of look back and it's like, well, fuck me. Of course. Like, that's, that's what happened. So, it's funny. I just hear a lot of similarities. Oh, like, of course. When you're talking, I'm just like, Wow, that's so cool because it's like I can relate to that, Mm -hmm. you know, from from a different uh, point of view of of a minority. But I gotta ask you, what were some of the things, at least American wise, that you had to learn (laughs) that you were just like, what the shit? Like,
1: oh, oh, I know one very specific example. Um, I went to college in upstate New York, so it's like ninety seven percent white. I never interacted with white people before, Mm. and so barbecue. They're like, oh, freshmen, come in on campus. There's gonna be a barbecue. I'm like, cool. We're gonna get some ribs. We're gonna get some potato salad. We're gonna get some carne asada. Nothing. It was hamburgers and hot dogs. I'm like, what is this shit? Like, what <laughs> is this shit? Barbecue. Yeah, and I was just like, oh my gosh, it's gonna right. be a like long four years, right? That's funny. Yeah, and I think growing up, a lot of idioms confused me. Like I didn't understand like certain English sayings, and so I was just like trying to look them up in the dictionary.
0: You know, it's crazy hearing you say that because <laughs> oh, I've I yeah. just
2: brought that up. Yeah. A whole list of idioms. So
0: he, my cousin, he's just like, he fucking just, he would tell everybody tells me a new one because I think I, I, I don't give a fuck. So I just say it. If, if I, I feel it's a word, I'm going to say it. And then they're like, that's not a fucking word. But the problem is I was raised like Spanish mm. first. You get what I mean? So yeah, yeah. I mean, the Spanish, I literally, like, mastered it. Now, if you ask me where does an acento go, I don't remember. But, like, all through, like, third grade, I was in Spanish and English, you know. Mm. So, Spanish was the main language at home, whatever, you know. And that's all I spoke. So, sometimes, even my English, I'm like, I've even had people tell me that I have an accent when I speak English. Man, how, how the fuck do I have an accent? I kind do. I, can,
3: I can got so much do, practice. But... Yeah, I've been
2: practicing like
3: forever. What the fuck are you talking about?
2: I don't know, man. I mean, it's. it's... But
0: I think I do because sometimes when I'm editing the episodes, I realize that I kind of do. Like, It sounds a little
2: weird. I mean, it's weird, man, because I used to think I never had an accent from anywhere. I was like, I don't have no accent. I'm um, universal, you know? And then I hear my kids speak. You know, kids pick up accents from you kids speak Southern as hell, like, like a Southern twang, and I was just like, what the f-? like, is that me?" Or like, I had to look in the mirror, like, "I like that at home." You know what I'm saying? Is that but how I sound like? Yeah. Oh my gosh! You know, because I'm thinking like, "Oh, you know, I used to get a lot of, oh, well are you from you from the South? You sound like you're from California.' Or are you from you from? Why well, California you sound like with you're you? you north, you know?" And I'm just like, "Really?" And then I go up north, and like, "Man, y'all." Texas folks sound like <laughs> hey y'all and stuff well People I think it's the, like y'all. You, yeah. us, the y'all for us
0: the you that is that give us, gives us up it like straight up like, when I go on. to Cali I'm like like y'all oh Texas right yeah, yeah. so and I mean I, I got used to it already though cause it's normal but it's the y'all
2: yeah, it, it must be but me
0: I was on another level like every fucking word apparently yeah. was like you're saying something wrong or this is not the right <laughs> fucking vocabulary for this word or then I just realized like Dude, I don't care, dude. I speak two <laughs> languages. I've, it, it's hard. It, Try mastering one, bro. And <laughs> English is already a fucking lazy-ass language that was created off of fucking lazy motherfuckers.
2: English is one of the hardest languages in this world. Because dude, there's so many meanings to sense. one word. Because you doesn't can say blue, that can mean like blue, like I blew you up, blue, like the color blue, blue, like... You're sad. Yeah, yeah. routes, roots, it's the same word, you know what I mean? Caramel, caramel... You know, pecans, pecan jewelry. I mean, it's it's like there's these words that you hear. That's why yeah, uh, that can mean that it can be it can be said two different ways, or it can mean two or three different things. So you that's why like, my Theo
0: was always walking around asking tough. me, "What does this mean?" They're asking me three times a day, like, <laughs> "But this means that, and this means and I'm like, "But it also means this." I mean? don't know how to explain to you, play. It's the fucking English language, man. I don't know yeah. why they made this motherfucker like this, but it's like that.
2: Yeah,
0: I don't know. Yeah. It's just. But that's the one that I felt f- uh, growing up was uh, yeah. Th- th- that difference was in the language barrier. I, I always mm. felt my English was a bit not uh, up there to... K- some words I didn't understand. Right. Some words I was like, the fuck are you talking about? And some of them I did understand they were saying like a saying, a dicho, yeah, which yeah. is like us in Spanish. Like, I don't know, a uh, 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 English saying, but... I would understand it it's a saying, but I, I think I was like, what the fuck, dude? But like a bird in the hand, right or like, in the bush? Yeah, what the okay. hell? What <laughs> <Yeah>. the <laughs> hell? Like, why the <laughs> fuck? Did, like, dude, like... I'm so heated. <laughs> I don't know, dude. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. That's badass. And so I just started one day asking, okay, so what does that mean? Like, yeah. you get what I <laughs> mean? And like, what the fuck? I was like... Yeah, I'm just asking now, man. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I just hit a point at one point where I was just like, I just got fuck it. Like, I I gotta embrace right. who I am and where I come from, and just fuck it, fuck it. If yeah. I have an accent, I have an accent. My English is not perfect. It's not perfect. Teach me, <laughs> wow. teach me. Tell me where is it wrong, and we'll I'm gonna tell you why I thought still, it was a word.
2: But <laughs> we'll still, being bilingual is pretty dope. I mean, that's something where I think when I was growing up, I used to you know kind of snicker when I hear people your English language and they're speaking other languages because I'm like, oh, they sound funny. But then as I got older, I was like, man, those motherfuckers know two languages. And I'm sitting oh, yeah, here yeah. like...
1: Twice a meme? I'm sitting here every now and then going like, kid, yeah?
2: You know, like... I Well, he,
1: like,
0: he understands a lot of Spanish because he... Uh, well, he well, yeah, grew up grew, in El Paso. Uh, yeah, I grew oh, up
2: wow. around it. Okay. And uh, I don't know, like, I just, t- I, I just got an appreciation where I was like, man, you know what? They know two different languages and I feel like everyone in this world should know At least two different languages yeah why the hell not
1: it opens up your brain Mm -hmm. i think there's some like neurochemistry shit where it just like your brain lights up different ways in different languages so you're able to like take in like twice as much in your world or something or whatever languages you do yeah and i think like that's kind of one of the struggles of growing up like first generation is that being that constant translator and it never ends right and um and just trying to make sense of shit but you're also nine years old reading these legal documents And it's like how do i do um how do i do this you know and i think that's until now we can talk about it because we're like oh okay and to um be okay with that right until all that happened so i think it's just trying to like make sense of it all i think with like um with language and like the way we like see our world And I think that was kind of tricky as a writer, too. It's like, do I write in English? Do I write in Spanish? Do I just fuck it and, like, go with it? (laughs) I went with, like, fucking go with it and see what comes out, right? Because I can't put myself in a box saying, like, oh, I'm this one specific thing, right? right. And so it's just kind of embracing it, all that, and just shaking it out and see what happens. And
0: Something you have to say, fuck it. Basically, basically,
1: yeah, with everything. And then it will just work itself out or just being unapologetic about it instead of being like, oh, I'm sorry, I feel that way. It's like, no, fuck you, fuck this. Like, this is how I feel. And people respect that from you, yeah, I think, yeah. and most and all. You know, they might fear it, but, like, that's
3: cool. Like, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> it also comes with it. I mean, it comes mm. with the territory part of it. I mean, you have to defend what you stand for, right? Yeah. Um, another thing, another story. <clears throat> so, I don't know if it's like this with you in your yeah, house, so. Yadi, but um, Salvadorians so cook a lot of sardine, <laughs> a lot of fish Really? Products. Sardines? Yes. Well, a lot of products. Yeah. Um, uh, we call it um the little fishies.
1: Chumpas. Chumpas. Con mm, mm, mm.
0: It's a little small, little fishy like this. <laughs> salty. Dry. Dry. Uh,
3: I remember salty. one time in elementary, <laughs> man. Um, <laughs>
0: my shirt the next day, it, that thing will power. It's powerful.
3: Mm. <laughs> it will
0: take over your cologne. Not three oh. colognes can master, but it sticks. Ah, I remember the next day I walked into a um, a class, and then they said like. Dude, you smell like fish, bro. Oh. And I tried explaining, but I couldn't fucking explain what the fuck. Uh, sardine. What the fuck is sardine? Or like these little fishes. What the fuck is that? Like,
3: the fuck?
0: And then I was like, damn, people just don't understand. So, for example, another time, too. Yeah. I was talking. Quesadilla salvadoreña. Like, uh, it's a bread. Yeah. Right. Quesadilla. It's called quesadilla. Right. You,
2: if you think of quesadilla, you, what do you think of? I think of a beautifully flat batillas <laughs> with cheese. Milk yes, milk. you see.
0: So there's uh, for us it's also that but it's also a bread. Yeah. It's a bread um it's sweet. Beautifully yeah. made sweet bread, crispy. Pan dulce it's oh, amazing. That edges. Oh, bandulce, nice. Yeah, yeah. So um you see I would say man, I eat some uh, some quesadillas with coffee. The fuck why are you eating quesadillas with coffee man that's weird <laughs> but then you're gonna like that's that's just the, that barrier yeah. of like you, you you have to like but then you meet people who are willing to open up and they're exactly. like hey yeah, teach me teach me your culture you get what i mean yeah. like what is it that you know and and, and stuff like that you know
1: okay. right because i remember the first time i had i think i went to somebody else's house like as a kid and then um, and I was like, wait, what? Like your house isn't like my house? Or when they came over, they saw that I had a hammock in the living room, which is Salvadoran. Like yeah, hammocks. Like everyone, a <laughs> motherfucker. It's a normal thing. You have one outside, inside, and they're like, why do you have a hammock in your house? I'm like, you don't have a hammock. In that's your
0: house. fucking weird.
1: <laughs> or I can't a machete. Lie. Even right?
2: I was like, why do you have a hammock? That's, <laughs> yeah. that's fascinating to me. More it's than
1: normal anything. to me, and I was like, every house has one, right? Or we'll go to the garage, and they're like, why do your parents have a sword? And it's a machete. And it's just kind of like, it's so handy for us. It's like commonalities. I mean, then as a kid, you you don't know what to make of it, right? You're like, this is all I know. And like, as a kid, you're just trying to fit in. And then as an adult, again, you're just like, fuck it. I have a hammock in my house, you know? Like, I think it's cool. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, it's these little things where you're just kind of like trying to make sense of it.
2: That's a cool part about culture, though, in general. Right? You know, you get, to, you get to figure out like, oh, okay, that was normal to you. Mm-hmm. So when you go to the other folks. You're like, what the shit? And you're like, yeah, of course. Like, you don't know about this? Like, yeah. look at them stupid. Like, hell's wrong with you? Everybody knows about this, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that just, that's kind of one of the cool things about just people's culture, period.
0: So growing up, um, you have, uh, how many siblings?
1: We are three total.
0: Obviously, I know that. But I mean, the audience, to you know. <laughs> yeah. But no, no, I'm, I, I'm not being a smart ass. I'm saying, like, I know, but I just uh, need the audience. you a smart ass, um, What is your brother's name?
1: Archimedes. We, he goes by Archie. Fucking weird-ass name.
0: <laughs> they give us weird-ass names, too. That's another thing you need to know. Weird-ass names. My name is Bentley.
3: <laughs> but,
0: uh, but anyways. Uh, I will
1: not even get started with the spelling of my name because then it throws everybody off, you know? It's a Y-E-I-R-Y. So, like, Spanish speakers are like, Y-E-I-R-Y, cool, got it. Yeah. And then everybody else is like, what is So, this? how would you say
2: it in English? Yuri? Y-E-I-R-Y. Just Y-E-R-Y. They said it like, with the straight up English accent, would it be like Yuri? No, Yadi. Oh, okay. And have to say, like, like lady, no. yeety. Say yeety and that's it. Yeah. She's one of those ones. that like, no, if, I, if I was a teacher, it, bro,
0: you don't get it. No, the teacher, <laughs> she was stopped. <laughs> how do you mention your, how, how do you, how do you, how do you say your name? So I can remember for the rest of the school year. Yeah. <laughs> the teacher, she was stopped. It. What is, how do you say your name? Cause hey, if you fucked that up, you, you would have probably been like, that's not how you say it. I, I've had those situations.
1: Where they hesitate and you're no. like, "Yep, nope, I know that's me. I'm next. I'm here. Don't <laughs> try to, to teacher, butcher it." Right? The
2: substitute teacher always butcher your name. Yeah, that's what they did to me, Jamel, what? J- Jamel, Jamel, oh and then, you know, gosh. and then it got to the point where it was like a joke in class.
3: Where <laughs> people were just
2: corrected. I wouldn't even have to say it anymore. <laughs> so then, and you know, someone come in and like, "Okay, is a uh, Jamel here?" Oh and everybody God. like Jamal, <coughs> and I'm like I'm like. Yeah, what they said, you know. what like, oh, Okay. <laughs> like that so skit I, of a and peel.
0: have you seen it with a substitute teacher?
2: Oh, A-Aron, A-Aron. It's aron a aron
0: its Aaron, but it's. Uh, I'm looking for A-Aron. Oh my
2: God. <laughs> I will have your ass. Oh my God.
3: You haven't seen it? I have no. to send it to you. <laughs> see, it. Yeah,
2: he just butchers everyone's name. It's, oh it's my funny. God. But yeah, no, I, I feel you paid on that one. So I was curious yeah. because you know, like my Spanish teacher would call me "Jamal." Hamal. Yeah, so... Tamal. <laughs> will call you Tamal. She was like, Mal, Mal. But, so. uh But back to what I
0: was getting about your siblings. Um, <laughs> yeah. Did y'all ever feel like your parents were raising y'all uh, um, with a lot of pressure?
1: Oh, uh I think like just the pressure to like be happy and like, and, which is a lot, right? Or like the pressure of like making them proud, which I still don't know what that means. But like i think a lot of pressure was it in ourselves right to kind of like make their struggle worth it and yeah. to like or make be them proud something. yeah to be something to make them proud and it's like and i think that's kind of like really hard because like over there it's like you have to be licenciada this and licenciada that and it's just kind of like these really rigid structures of like expectations and then i think with like in ourselves like we're trying to make something to make their struggle worth it and what does that even look like right and, um, yeah, and I think, like, that was really hard to try to understand that. Um,
0: shout out to Archie because he's one of the first <laughs> ones that actually showed uh, the podcast love, man. He was always like, I love it. Keep doing what you're doing and whatever, you know. Yeah, shout dude. out to Archie, man. I'm shout giving you your moment <laughs> here, bro, if you're listening to. and Shout, shout out. out to my brother, Marito, because he's going to be like, oh, you didn't give me no love, bro. Here's your <laughs> love, bro. But shout out to both of y'all.
1: They're uh, amazing.
0: Yeah, they're amazing people. And
1: they're like our role models, right? Because it awesome. it's like, they kind of led the way when they were trying to figure it out. In an age before the fucking internet, they were like, you know what? I will figure this Beeper out. age. age. Exactly. Basically, we're saying
0: y'all kind of old, but kind of just really <laughs> not, not. Y'all still there. Y'all, know, still yeah, get saved. Man. <laughs> y'all still get saved. Y'all still get saved. Y'all yeah. still get saved.
1: Y'all figured it out and then explained it to us, right? Mm-hmm. You signed our permission slips and you already, you know, you did so much and- I'm forever grateful for that. That's dope. Yeah. Do
0: you um so you started your zine? Mm-hmm. You started publishing stuff and like I actually putting it out there a year ago, right?
1: Yeah, the first zine came out this June. I actually started and then last year was when I actually started like reading in public and like sharing my soul with everybody. But self publishing started this June. I put out the first one. The second one was in October. And um and then yeah, it's been it's been a wild ride, especially because like I didn't know it was a thing, you know. Again, like everything being first generation, we just kind of figure stuff out on the way, mm-hmm. and like by, you know, trial by fire. And so um, it's been really cool to meet helpful people along the way, saying like, oh yeah, you should do this, or here's an opportunity, or I really like this, like maybe you should look into this. So that's kind of been like really encouraging in the process, end because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. What Did some you get helpful
2: uh, information, advice?
1: um to kind of just like own my voice right because i was like well maybe if like people don't understand it they're like well make them understand it yeah put it in a way that like it feels right to you and then people will see that and recognize that i'm like oh Oh. because i was always trying to overly explain right i was trying to make sure that people understood right right and i thought that if i can just make sense to myself about things and people will see that and they have and that's been really really validating
0: did so. you have to, like, explain to your parents exactly what it is that you're putting out?
1: <laughs> I just said librito. It's a little librito. And um, and I think that's kind of why I write in Spanish and English. So they're they a part of understand. the process.
0: You see, right? that's why I think I'm, I'm starting to do... Uh, mm. I kind of started doing the Spanish right. show, which was me mm. playing music. But... Cause I, last time I told my mom and my dad I have a podcast, but they don't understand.
1: They're what? like, Well let me soda. Yeah,
0: they're like, <laughs> "What radio station are you on? What is it exactly that you're doing?" They don't understand that yeah. you gotta kind of like walk them through it, you know, uh, and take them through it. But my sisters told them, "Hey, he has a podcast, but what is it exactly that he's doing?" No. You know, but. So that's what I'm asking. Like, did you yeah.
1: Have to... How do you make sense of that, right? Yeah. And it's like the stuff that you're excited about, and then um, to be able to share that with them. And I think like I let them in, and then they, I'm just lucky that they're supportive too. They're like, I don't get it, but if you're happy, that's cool. And so I'm like, so that's what I'm able to like share with them también, and like have a conversation about it.
0: Do you do a full time mm-hmm. job on the side? Of
1: course, I gotta pay the bills.
0: <laughs> no, oh, well, the reason I'm asking uh, is because, um, yeah, like uh, for you to
1: balance right Huh? to balance everything
0: yeah well not just that that um I don't know like for a person who I mean I found my creativity what mm. probably three what uh, with the podcast or whatever I've been cutting hair forever but then I discovered I like podcasting I like all these other things I like creating mm. so for you When you found this, do you realize that there is so much, it's, it's another world out there when you actually create and you realize what comes with it? Oh my Have you had struggles where you're like, let's be honest, fuck this job. I wouldn't want to survive off of this.
1: (laughs) Right. I think kind of like, that's a dream, right? To like get paid a lot for all of that things that we do. But, um... I think... But that doesn't deter me, you know? It's like, if anything, it's like... It gives me that stability, which I need to let me create. Because if I didn't have that stability, I'd be freaking the fuck out. Like, como lo said, yeah. And shout out to all my friends who are freelancers that do the hustle. And that's amazing. I'm not there yet. And so... But I do agree where it's... Um, when I'm not making my job my creativity it's almost like kind of freeing because i'm doing it to like explore and to like develop and to like experiment you know and it's not a product and i think just personally i'm able to kind of like just take more risk you know because if i'm doing it for like a job then i feel like oh like i got to get it right you know like a job because a
0: job there's already a set expectation of what you need to do when it's yourself You're like, fuck, do I even have an expectation? I need to fucking realize what my expectation is, right? So, Mm -hmm. and you don't even know if your expectation is going to be, you know, at the end of the day, you're trying to uh, get people to interact with what you're putting out. You don't even Mm. know if your expectation is something people are going to interact with. So It's scary.
1: Yeah. You don't even know where you're going to come out with them yet. Yeah. It's just like, you're just going to like, fuck it. let's just see what happens. And I can't, I think that's the beauty of it and the risk, right, of sharing that. And I think that's, um, that's important to share.
0: What's been your uh, favorite part about this journey so far?
1: Oh, my gosh. um, I really like the connections being made. You know, um, when I'm selling my zine at different events, um, I have conversations with people. And it's like, um, and learning from them in like those really quick interactions and just kind of really seeing what else everybody else is making them. yet, yeah, because it's like, oh, man, that's an interesting perspective. Or like, and we like are able to kind of share a lot. Like, there was this one woman in particular. She was, like, really shy when she came to my table. And she's like, are you Salvadoran?" I'm like, yeah, obviously, right? Mm -hmm. And so she's like, I think my mom's from Suchitoto. And I was like, oh, really? And then I turned to a page. And I'm like, I took this one, and this picture in Suchitoto. She's like, for real? And I'm like, yeah. And then we had a whole conversation about, like, her mom's journey, her journey, her relationship to her mom. And it was just kind of like... So like beautiful to kind of share that with like just one question are you Salvadoran too, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think that's been the most interesting part to see how people kind of open up or just kind of like share and just kind of seeing like we're all in this together, you know? And I think that's really beautiful. And so, yeah.
2: In a way, uh
0: so I have I have yet to go go to New York. Have you been in New York? You should
2: have come have. to New York. I've I went been to New York a couple times already. Yeah. I don't know why you're shocked <laughs> no i'm not shocked i'm like you've been like, fucking everywhere <laughs> you have been everywhere i will give you
0: that you have been to a lot of places yeah.
2: i have i need to go again just because i've had different experience first time i went mm-hmm. um I, I don't know if i ever told you this very first time i went, I went you to, didn't tell me something i guess not i'm sorry bro <laughs> We've been co hosting how long now? <laughs> Two years? I'm for still 18 learning. years. Now. And you I'm have learning. not told me this? Nah, probably not. Mm-hmm. I went to uh, New York and and Boston mm-hmm. when I was in eighth grade because I actually won a fashion don't show. Don't mention Boston. What? Huh? Yeah, I want a fashion Stylish show. Stylish,
1: worldly, I <laughs> know.
2: I won a fashion show. So I entered it. I don't even know why. What the I fuck even, were you dressed like? the, the 2000s? <laughs> it, was, well, it wasn't the 2000s, matter of fact. But it was funny because I joined maybe the last two weeks before the show itself. And I don't even know why I was there. I think I was there to support my homeboy or whatever. And the teacher was like, oh, okay, you want to be in it eventually. I, I guess somehow I got pulled into it, right? So I went into it. And then it was funny because then I had my homeboys who showed up. So every time I was smiling, they'd be like, yeah, oh, yeah, stuff like that. So they, they pumped me up. So really, shout out to them dudes for getting me to win because me and this other girl who won, um, she won the female and I won the male. We went we we went along with some other people who had paid, but my trip was, was paid for.
1: Nice. And so
2: yeah, I went to New York and I went to Boston for seven days, but we did the whole tourist thing. So we did uh Empire State Building and Statue of Liberty and a oh. lot well, Yeah we saw a Broadway play I think we saw Beauty and the Beast We saw all kinds of, I saw a tax, someone in a taxi Cut off another guy And he got out I was like Hey watch your fucking going?" And I was like oh, This is like the that's TV probably, show That's probably part That's probably
0: part Of the fucking <laughs> the tour. tour So you So you could get The full right? experience so I was like Cut off The
2: package they sell you I, know, like... I was like kid, amazed. like Yo this guy cut off A trucker It cussed him out
0: When they When hey. they pay for the trip It says it there Do you want to include The taxi guy <laughs> Absolutely
2: You know And mm-hmm. then same in Boston so we went to Harvard. We saw the Cheers bar. You know, some dude was rolling weed down the street. It was great. I mean, it was just like, <laughs> so that was the first time I went. And then I took my family a few years ago and we went and we stayed in Queens. But really, we went to go to Jersey for, for Cake Boss. So, but I didn't oh. do as much because I was with, you know, little kids and stuff. And we couldn't really like, go out. So I've never been post. 21 night lifestyle Oh So I've been Mm -hmm. Post 21 But I've never actually Gotten to like So you've
0: never gone Let's not talk Ah. anymore No I've
2: been twice (laughs) So I did the tourist And then I did the family part I need to do So you've never been I need to do like Just the guy, Jamal. You've yeah. never been. No, I'm playing. Night, you know what I'm saying. That's all. You I need a do. girls' night.
3: Yeah,
0: exactly. I, mean, I need a girls' night, bro. <laughs> no, I want. I I I truly want to go to New York. Come up. Come um, up. Oh yeah. Now yeah. No, no. No. <laughs> oh, I that the now nah, nah, oh no, that the so invitation cold. Cold. is. Oh yeah, I'll go. But right. no, the, uh, do you think that, that um, about I, I think I asked you this last time in our interview. Do you think uh, New York, in a sense, uh, gives people that I don't know that. Uh, inspiration to do something oh is it gosh. like that I've never been so I don't know
1: I don't know I think like New York is so romanticized right there's like this yeah. idea of New York and you know you're fucking great Gatsby and like park and writing in your <laughs> typewriter and shit happens And I think like the reality is like so hard (laughs) and it kicks your ass, but that also kind of like either like you fight or flight. Right. Yeah. And so, and I think that's kind of the thing that New York has where it's just kind of like, it will fucking break you down. But if you want to come back up, you know, come back swinging. And then like, that's kind of rewarded in a sense. Right. And so I think like there's so many different pieces about New York and I'm still like have no answer to them, but I just know that like, it's a lot. It's a lot to take in. I mean, I think for visiting, it's cool, but like living is, it's something else. But I think the important part is having like a support network, right? Because when you're down there and you're like, I don't want to fight anymore. I don't want to come back up. Then they're like, no, you can do this. Right. And I think that's been the most important part or, um, yeah, that resourcefulness, like having a network is really important.
2: Have you been to LA or anything? Like yeah, that? I have so been to LA. What are some of the comparisons you could say, really? at least from your point of view as a New York? You know, I like guess especially as a New Yorker, yeah, yeah. Compared to like, like, what she, she's the estonian bro. Yeah, I'll forever throw well, down
1: the H.
0: I will never be estonian to turn, turn New Yorker now. Well, okay,
2: we're living in, in New York. Right? I got you I got you. Yeah. What can you, what can you say, are some of the similarities between LA and New York, and then differences?
1: Oh, uh, I just think like they're both really huge cities, and I think like I just love not driving. Like, not driving's fucking amazing. Like, <laughs> you just like. <laughs> Do you yeah, own a car right. in New York? No, heavens, no, no, no public transportation. Transport. Yeah, which is its own Subways, thing,
2: right? L train. Yeah. Holla at me. <laughs> Taxis. <laughs> hey, pick me up. No, Yo, you're black. Okay, have a good day. <laughs> Lifestyle. You're
0: stupid. I'm sorry <laughs> no, no. So
2: he said not. He said not driving. Awesome. <laughs>
1: not driving's great. L A yeah. is awful for driving. Um, but I think I love palm trees. There's no palm trees in New York. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, good. yeah. Um, oh, but I think it's the people. I think that's what really makes it different, right? Where it's just kind of like. I love the L.A. weather and, like, the chill vibe, but I also love that, like, aggressiveness in New York, that, mm-hmm. like, get the fuck out of my way kind of way. I'm like, you know what? I am up with that. Like, yes. Yeah. Get out of my way. So and you're so, a little bit aggressive, too. <laughs> <laughs> I had it to survive. To survive, right? <laughs> the necesidad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I think that's kind of what really makes a difference. I mean, bagels. I mean, New York's going to have a bitter bagel. I'm just going to say that. Butter tacos, probably L.A. So, um, I don't know. I love houston i think houston's like the best combination of both and um yeah
0: cool uh I, i was gonna ask you do you think um you you still have an accent in spanish do you have an accent in spanish
1: i don't know do i have an accent in spanish I think it's like when I hang out more with my family. Like it comes of out Of course. Like, yes. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, like. Um, it's when
0: you're comfortable. <laughs> the reason I say it is because yeah. I've been told that. I think, I think I have an accent. When I'm around my family mm-hmm. or people I'm already comfortable with, right. like, I'm like,
1: fuck it. That, like, uh oh. huh.
2: <laughs> you get super El Salvador?
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you've seen me at my best. So
2: <laughs> you're you're going Rocking the machete and stuff like that. Nah. You know, well, you know what's crazy rough. for uh <laughs> for um,
0: uh Christmas Eve. That's when the real Christmas is celebrated. Right. Yeah. Uh, we did like a little bonfire at the house. It's crazy because I started bringing out trees branches from the back. Asked me how the fuck they were there. I don't know. It was a tree that <laughs> tree fell. Ranches, I bring right. it out, and then our machete. Somebody else used it, and it's it's tortured we have a machete though but I started breaking that shit I look like the typical fucking Salvadorian dude. <laughs> people passing by like, like what are you doing like no, es que ocupamos leña.
1: <laughs> you know?
0: even my brother Marito was like bro what the
3: fuck
0: are you doing bro I was
2: like no bro it's, it's cold out here bro we gotta we <laughs> gotta, gotta survive <laughs> out here <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that's dope man but you know you got a good point it's something about when you're around when you're comfortable right yeah, when you're right? around your homies or when you're around your family all of a sudden you Talk hella different, all, you know what I mean? Like that, that's even I get like that. Even when going back to El Paso, all of a sudden I talk weirder or something like that. and Then I come back here, I'm like, what the shit? Oh, dude. <laughs> like, man, I don't talk like that normally. But you're right, just yeah. it's just uncomfortable, uh, you know, comfortability. Type thing
0: Yeti what has been the 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 toughest thing for you in this journey?
1: Like which journey? Like my creative journey? Yeah, your
0: creative journey. Sorry. Oh, sure, um, sorry.
1: um, the toughest thing. I think just believing in myself, you know, and just kind of like trusting that because a lot of people are like, oh, keep going, like believe in yourself. You're like, how do I believe in myself? How do I have self-esteem? You know, like nobody taught us how to like love ourselves and embrace ourselves. Right. It's always like if you don't fit this very specific type of way of being like you don't count in society. And so um, so I think that's kind of been the hardest to be able to kind of embrace all the parts of me, all the scary parts, all like the hard parts all the like really rigid parts you know or yeah, like yeah, the really yeah, yeah. old parts that you're like I don't think I can change that but to be able to kind of embrace all that and kind of like sit with it and like not judge it and just to be able to kind of write it out just fucking write it out and share it out there and um so I think it's kind of that vulnerability right to be vulnerable with yourself and to like put that out in the world and so I think the first step was just like myself like overcoming that self doubt overcoming like can I do this like, should I do this? Why am I doing this? And just kind of fuck it. Just going with it. And I think that's I think it. that
0: fuck it is a big one. Especially <laughs> yeah. because I'm telling you, it's a big one. Especially yeah. something you said, uh, being vulnerable.
3: Mm.
0: I remember... You Have you ever gone through depression or of anxiety? Of
1: course. I have anxiety.
0: So I have the meanest anxiety in the world. Of course. And now he knows it. I, I get it like to... You know, it's it's horrible. Yeah. I I thankfully I've been good right now, but mm. it's just so easy for me to like go in anxiety and then I I start getting depressed, right? So right. then it's like I have to get myself out of it. But before even discovering that phase of me, mm-hmm. um, my problem was I never wanted to be vulnerable, and I, and the people I could have been easily vulnerable to was my parents. but I was afraid to be, of, of being course. vulnerable because I wanted to show this uh this whole toughness I don't even know if it's toughness I don't even know if it's machismo it's just that Mm. it's never it was never really like talked about right right? like I don't know if you feel the same way but it was just Mm -hmm. never really talked about it was just I don't know you just go along with your day and it's just like you know, you, 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 you're you just moving along, moving along, moving would it, along. Would it
2: make you feel weak? Because do you imagine what they've gone through compared to what you're going through? Was it kind of like a guilt? Uh, well, for
3: me,
0: well, for me, honestly, the first time, um, I, I I think it was a uh, feeling. I think it was probably a bit of guilt. Prob- or not even yeah. guilt, feeling, um, damn, like, you've never felt this. Or, like, uh, I don't know, like, I'm weird. I remember the first time I ever confessed... The first person I ever confessed to my dad that... Uh, to my dad. The person first person I ever confessed to was my dad. And it was about me being depressed and having a feeling what I was thinking, what I was thinking and stuff like that. I cried. Like, I literally poured myself. And he was like... It's funny because I always think about this because we were working together at the time, and we, I, we were on 59. Fuck 59 traffic. That's why I fucking hate 59. Shut up. 59 you motherfucking 59, 59 <laughs> you make me break down. <laughs> but nah, no, nah, no, nah. No. 59 is the best thing that ever happened because I actually got to discover things about myself. But I remember breaking down, and then uh first thing he said was, why haven't you told me this a long time Aww. ago? And I was like, I don't know, Dad. I just didn't want to, you know tell you this, I don't know how you want to think, like, man, that's why I'm your dad, like, Aww. I've gone through this, yeah. you know what I mean, like, and then I, and then he just started telling me how, and then he just helped me, you know, mm-hmm. he helped me find uh, help and, you know, it made sure I was taken care of as his son, and I guess part of it is because um, in our culture, once you're an adult, it's like, you're you're, you're an adult, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, you need to look out for your, it's you, you know, like, you're an adult now, blah, 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 but in reality, like, you never stop being a, a parent's fucking spoiled if you are. I'm a bit spoiled with my mom,
3: you know. <laughs> she takes care of me, Makes but my dad even,
0: you know, sometimes. But, um, but yeah, like they, they mm. take care of you. You just have to kind of like, I think when you become an adult, I had it confused. It was like once in I'm a I'm an adult, mm. I'm alone. Mm. But no, I think I, it was once you're an adult. Um, now I have to look for my parents they're not gonna they already did their job they raised me now I mm. need to show that I want them around in my life I don't know it was weird
1: yeah Yeah. No, there, I think you touched on so many good points there the whole like mental health uh, taking care of that acknowledging that right uh, the whole like um, being vulnerable to like those closest to us and that like feelings are this luxury right like yeah. feelings you have food on your table what are you complaining about right Yeah. this kind of like dismissive of like you're alive then you're fine but it's also like I think that's kind of like another thing that as first generation, we're able to kind of get out of survival mode and saying like, okay, what's going on overall? Like my mental health affects your physical health, you know, like kind of valuing that. And I guess a lot of it's just, we just didn't know, you know, back in the, you know, the homeland, we're just on survival mode. You know, do we have enough to eat today? Period, right? Like, feelings are something extra. Like,
2: fuck what you're feeling. (laughs) We're going to eat.
1: Basically.
2: (laughs) We don't got time to feel, Basically, we feel hungry. (laughs) That's what we feel. And
1: so now it's just kind of like, now that we have, like, our most basic needs met, like, mental health is so important because it's passed down. How do you deal with shit, you know? How do you deal with shit that life throws at you, you know? And it's just being able to, like, find that space to, like, explore that and feel safe you know, to feel safe in your feelings, because, like, that is not common, especially when you're on survival mode, that's all your brain can think about, so it's, like, I've battled with my mental health, too, and I think that's where a lot of my creative stuff is therapeutic, Mm -hmm. and I'm really lucky that my sister's an art therapist, that she's able to kind of break it down, or try to explain things, and it's just, like, yeah, you can make stuff, and, like, it's a process of, like, making it, it doesn't matter what the fuck it's going to look like at the end, it's just the fact that, like, you're in your fields and you're making something and then it's just kind of exploring that and just not bottling it up and it takes you
0: away from that feeling Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. feeling is an ugly feeling
1: it really is and it manifests itself in so many different ways you know like my anxiety got so bad where i was having physical symptoms right where i felt like i'm gonna throw up and i'm gonna like pass out and i'm gonna like have a heart attack all here at this dinner table right so it's just kind of got so bad to my way to my body was telling me like i need to like figure this out and, like, get help, right? And so, like... And I did, and it's been incredibly, like, the probably one of the best things. Even though I was feeling at my lowest, but I didn't know I needed to hit that rock bottom so I can, like, build myself up, right? And, like, in a way that feels honest and it feels authentic and it feels like it's my own growth. And I think that's really important to get that help when yeah. you need it.
2: And I know nowadays yeah. that's something that finally get up to the forefront because, you know, I, I mean, what, even... 10 years ago mm-hmm. I wasn't really still talked about you know I mean my mentality too mm. was completely different when I was younger right. and I used to figure myself to be a pretty empathetic person but for some reason you know just me growing up I thought anyone who killed themselves was weak it was a weakness it was a survival of the fittest you know I was like well if you're sad just make yourself happy <laughs> you know it's really all your fault that you're, mm. you're feeling this way and it wasn't until you know you you go through your own stuff and then it hit me and all of a sudden I was like oh this is what you know this feels like this is what depression oh this is anxiety and it was overwhelming because here I am thinking I'm Mr. Powerful Mr. Mm. I could just pass it up and it, it it humbles you and you know even at the time same thing like you guys said it was just something about I didn't really want to talk to uh my my parents, right? About you don't want it. to worry. Or I don't, about I don't want to. Talk. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. you don't want to worry them. You don't want to disappoint them. Because I think in the black community too, mm. especially the big thing was like, oh, you need to you know be successful and go to college and do this because you know, like our ancestors worked their ass mm. off to get here, and because yeah, there's like, still pressures, man. Yeah, my, and our generation right now is um really the first to be like, no, you're going to college, like that's happening, mm-hmm. you know. So it's you know we're still. First generation, at least in that regard. so there's there was a lot of pressure, you know, to to fulfill that, and I and I guess just thinking like I disappoint them, like you said, you don't want to show weakness. He figured, mm. well, they grew up with much worse discrimination, all kinds of stuff, and here I am, you know, bitching about this. Or so I always was like this sense of guilt. So right. it, it it usually was easier to talk mm-hmm. to a stranger about mm-hmm. it, you know, or and even talking to this guy when I when we first. <laughs> Because he was the one, we always talked about this story, but he unleashed on me. And it <laughs> wasn't something I wasn't freaked out about because I've always been pretty good about listening to people. Mm. You know, So people would talk to me in that sense. And I, that's I swear I'm not trying to brag about it. But I always was fascinated. I'm like, I wonder why people just talk to me but maybe it's just cuz I'm really like you're I look a good high listener. all the time. Well, Which maybe, is really cool. Well, I was going to say maybe I look high all the time I'm like, well, maybe he'll forget. <laughs> but but um he would talk to me stuff and I'd sit there and I'd listen and you know, I'd be like, oh, "Okay." And I'd be like, "Wow, I'm just surprised." Right? And then finally I kind of was like, "Uh, I you know, decided to make the leap for myself and then I was like, "Hey, you know what? I I understand what you're going through. Here's what I'm going through right now." You know? And then that just mm. help me start talking about it. Period, mm-hmm. and then eventually I was able to talk to my brother about it. You know, mm. which I was always something I. I guess, like I said, I didn't want to worry them. You don't want to freak them out. But then we were able to talk to each other about this stuff, and you know, other friends I have were, were going through the same issues too. So, you're absolutely right. It's just something about it's something gratifying and relieving too. Oh my god.
1: Yeah, you internalize all that because I think for our survival of our parents or the people that come before us you just bottle that shit up, right? Just yeah. bottle that shit up and like keep it moving. But yeah. like that's not healthy. Like that shit comes up like, my therapist says, you know, feelings that are buried, they're buried alive, right? Like, that shit's going to come up one way or another. And then me, it was, like, the physical manifestation. But I think, also, I think as men, you guys have it, like, worse in the sense that you're not entitled to your feelings. Like, you can't have feelings, right? Yeah. And yeah. I think that hurts a lot. Yeah, that, that's crazy you say that. Yeah. What, what is it that you said right now? Uh, I, like I said a lot. Said. No, no, no,
0: no, 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 no. Before oh, that. feelings uh, that are
1: buried are buried
0: alive? Yeah, no, but you said something about that was show, they were manifest or something like oh, that. Oh,
1: just like... That my, once because I bottled up my feelings, it came out as physical manifestations—the panic attacks, the like.
2: Thinking you're having a heart attack for real. Yeah, or, exactly. I'm right. crying
1: because I can't decide what I'm having for dinner. You know, and I can't get my life right because I can't decide what I'm having for that like catastrophizing way of thinking. Like, yeah, it was a lot to kind of like.
0: You know what's crazy? Hey, man, when we're talking about this. I, I've never said this on. A, I've never said this on the podcast. I don't think I've ever said this, <laughs> but. When I went, I mean, I I've gone to get help. I've gone to a therapist. I've gone to, mm. you know, I've been on medication. Yeah. And I've been off medication, and I thankfully I'm good, right? But mm-hmm. I I've tried everything, you know, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> which is a different story for a different time. But I remember when I was getting, um, you know, my first time I went, I was talking to the to to the to the therapist, and he's asking me questions about when I'm little, <laughs> when I was little. And I'm no, like, we're talking about right now. <laughs> and, and, and the concentration was there, you know. Yeah. And, and it was like, he was just, would you do, th- oh, shit, my headphones. But anyways, <laughs> would you do this? And would you do that? Um, and I, I, my reaction was always, um, damn, why is he hitting the points? You know, it's like he kind of already knows what's, what's up. Right. But he doesn't want to tell me, which is bullshit. He didn't know yet. But he was just diagnosing me. I don't know why this sounds weird. I'm not hearing anything. But, um, yeah, so basically what I want to say is that there came a point where he would ask me, would you have tendencies of doing repetitive things when you were younger? And I had never told that to anybody, never. Wow.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And when he, like, brought that up, I was like... And then I was like, "Can you make? can you give me examples, please? And when I said examples, he started saying things like, um, when the door is locked, do you go and check it about every single, like, mm-hmm. it's like, what the fuck, that is weird.
3: Like, because he kidding? hit
0: because honestly, I, I'm confessing right now and I'm saying it on the podcast, yeah. I would do that. Right. If the door was locked, I locked it, but I would go check it about five times a day. Like, mm-hmm. I, at night, I'm sorry, before I went to sleep. Mm-hmm. I had to make sure it was locked. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I had like a, a ritual that I had to follow. Mm-hmm. And then that's when I realized that uh, apparently... I have a bit of OCD. Mm-hmm. You get what I mean? I don't. I don't think it's high, but he was like, "Okay, you 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 get what I mean." But it was so weird to hear that, and then explaining mm. that to to my parents afterwards was mm. like, "Hey, I don't know if you know. <laughs> when I was little, I would do this. You know." Mm-hmm. And then I don't know. It's just so weird. You know, the the whole mind thing is just a trip, but. I realize that just talking about it is what makes it, like, so much better when you can relate to people. So, yeah. for anybody out there just going through that, feel free to talk about it, you know? Like, but find the right people to talk about it with. Right. Or yeah. it could be a
1: complete professional help, right? It yeah. Have... It's like,
0: there's nothing wrong with professional help. No, just find the right one. No, I recommend
1: it, though. That's the thing, because it's, like, this one person dedicated to listening to you. And that's it, right? Without yeah. any expectation. With just the hope that you feel better, and that's it, right? And I is, think people is, is take it as to? if you
0: get help, you're gonna need medication.
1: It's not that, and way.
0: it's not because, for example, me, I knew I was in a dark place, though. So right. I personally took and said, I need help beyond this. So I chose that because I was in such a dark place that it was dark, you know. Right. So once I got out of it, I, I thankfully I was able to realize, hey. Now I don't need this medication because it's not even doing anything anymore. Now my mental strength is where I need it, I could get out
1: of it. Yeah. That's what
0: happened. So I don't know, it's just there's nothing wrong with saying I need help.
1: And it's removing that stigma, right? Yeah. I think it and it shows it's like in various levels también in which like it doesn't always have to be extreme and what like the media perceives it or whatever. It just be like what feels good to you right now what is yeah. it that you need. And it could be short-term, it could be long-term, whatever it is that you need to get out there and be back to yourself. I think that's the important part, whether it's short-term therapy, whether it's long-term, whether it's medication, whether it's not, whether it's just like opening up to yourself, like, or, you know, your creative outlets, it's just finding the thing that works for you and where you feel your best way, you know, and just finding the tools out there. And, um, yeah, I would highly recommend everybody to just be able to, um, you know, um, take care of their mental health it's so yeah. important and
2: you're right about that the stigma yeah. is what's finally mm-hmm. getting cleared up because you're right at the time people seeing it as oh you're just one you know crazy people or, oh you're just you oh, know no. oh you're just bullshitting right, right. oh you're just bsing it's and then you're to find out like yeah. hey man a lot of people go through these issues, oh so much and some people have it a little more severe than others and and it's it is good to hear that, hey, you're not the only one because, like you said, you would suffer in silence.
1: Yeah. And you think to
2: yourself, well, I'm probably the, I'm a weirdo. You yeah. know, I'm the freak. So I don't want to talk to no one about it because you don't want to get judged. And it, it is good that a lot of folks now all over, um, all over, you know, all over the world and all different kinds of, you know, media and business stuff, it's, it's almost kind of something to hear is common. Not necessarily supposed to be normalized, but just more about it being a common occurrence to say, hey, I went through this too, you know, like yeah. it, it seems the damn near seems like every time I read someone's biography, they went through some, some form of depression or some form of anxiety. And and, it, and it, there is a comfort to know that, you know,
1: it's validating, right? It right. just makes sense. You're like, Oh, like that makes sense why this happened. Right. Or why I feel this certain way. And right. that is so like uh it makes you feel like you're not alone and it makes you feel like i'm not the only one and that's like kind of a step to feeling better también just acknowledging that like this is what i'm going through and it's hella hard and we all go through it and we find our different ways of doing it so i think it's not being dismissive of our feelings and like just validating our experiences también i think that's really important and to
0: be a neutralizer here um To get out of this one, don't be afraid to try weed. (laughs) A good batch of weed works.
2: (laughs) I'm just throwing that out there. Self medication is a good, 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 good good batch of weed works. And if you're chilling, just
0: do it. Watch a movie. Lock your door, because I know sometimes a bad bitch, a bad bitch, a bad, bad batch, bitch, a bad batch gives you paranoia, like you feel like paranoid or whatever. <laughs> and, um, just chill, relax, and you'll see that it does help. Or
2: have some sex,
0: you know, even if it's sex. with yourself.
2: You know, they say that your body releases endorphins and oxytocin and all kinds of chemicals that can relax you. You know what I mean? That can help with your, like a heart flow. That
0: like, wasn't helping me, so I'm not even say that one. That I was helped. on autopsy. I, that I was, helped me. I was trying autopsy, and it I, just wasn't. That Anyways, <laughs> that, was, that was helping me. That
2: was my self medication.
0: Yadi, um, I appreciate that you've been so open with. Oh
1: this. yeah, thank you so much for having me and being so cool.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you now. I just want to ask a, a a curious question. Mm-hmm. Um how do we interview is it different (laughs) have you done a lot of interviews how how are we are we weird
1: no i think this is amazing this is my first studio interview so i feel like way more comfort level and i feel just like so welcomed and i love all your fucking houston art which makes it so much more proud to throw down the h and um i think this is great and I wish you guys the best of luck to continue we're, making interviews. Where
2: were some of the weirder places you've interviewed at before? Weirder yeah. places. Yeah. Or was it really just like I don't know, like a back of a house somewhere? And like, hmm, well, that's what we kind of. I was gonna, to gonna say, like, we
1: may have started. <laughs> you started from the bottom, though. Started uh, we started at a room.
2: I mean, uh, <laughs> it really was, and it wasn't even just a room. We picked up. So, there'd be so many random places. We didn't have a spot, really. We'd go to for sure. We were. You know, today he's at this house and then at someone else's house. <laughs> okay, now we're gonna go over here. Okay, now we're gonna go over there and stuff. So that's
3: pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I know. Um. Mm. So yeah,
2: for you, uh,
0: how how do you feel? Um, how we make you feel comfortable of the course, interview? Like absolutely. it's not like weird.
1: No, not at all. I think it's great that we covered so much ground, especially because it's so organic, Damien. You know, we're not following a script. We're not like we gotta hit these certain topics. I think it's just kind of like fucking energy exchange and I think it's a beautiful thing to just let it happen and just see where it goes and explore it and I'm for it. I'm all for it. Bad, 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 bad.
0: <laughs> You've had the opportunity this time you came around to, uh, well, not even just this time you came to Houston, but... Mm-hmm. <clears throat> You've been able to work a lot with uh, Salvadorian people actually out there doing things. Yeah. Um, can you mention some of them and tell them what, you, what you've been able to work on yeah. like and stuff like that?
1: I'll name drop the Salvi Crew. So um, I love, love, love um, here in Houston, Jess Alvarenga. She's a photographer. She's doing this documentary photo series called Witness the Isthmus. And she's phenomenal because she's documenting, taking pictures and anecdotes of Central Americans in Houston whether at work or at home and like, how are we living? How do we look like, you know, and the full range of spectrum of our experiences. And she's amazing. And, um, in LA, there's a great group out there. There's Victor from Dicho Zumbicho who has built this amazing platform to like exchange ideas and news and like, um, and he's doing great stuff of just sharing the Salvi word. And he's an illustrator, Tamiya he writes comics. So he's like, he has so much fun stuff always putting out. Um, and then there's Linda Nubis out in L.A. Tamien who does Radio Pulgarcito, which is Salvadoran vinyl music. That's badass, And yeah. she's amazing, and all her music is so good. And I actually play some of her stuff for my mom, and my mom loves it.
0: You know what's it's crazy? So... I played that for my dad. <laughs> yeah. I showed it to my dad, and my dad was like, damn, where'd you find that? They're all me? the hits. jam like, yeah, <laughs> right there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and it opens up a lot of conversation, and um, she's with Julita Vinyl Club, who's this all-women DJ group, and they're amazing. And, um, in New York, um, I'm so fortunate to get, uh, the, in touch with like the Salvadorian, um, creative community out there. So we have Saide Quevedo who did the reconstruction project and it toured all over the U.S. and in El Salvador too. And it's basically like, um, mementos and like memory from the civil war. So you have shirts, you have t-shirts, or you have, um, clothing articles, you have photographs, you have letters from the war, just collective memory in physical form, and It's a beautiful thing, and um, we have uh, Moisés Diaz. Damian, he's a like, museum curator, and he is phenomenal because he is so in touch with the artists in El Salvador. He's in New York, and then we have a really good like um, Central American film crew. Oh, and Joanna, who's doing the unapologetically Brown series. Damian, she puts wheat posters of like amazing like women and like poetry all over the city. So like wh- I discovered her stuff just walking down like Fifth Avenue, and I was just like that's amazing. Like who did this?
3: Yeah. 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 And that's
1: kind of like the best things that just find you right at yeah. the right place at the right time. And so, um, Oh gosh, I feel like I'm forgetting some p- other people too. Uh, when
0: they just came out, I'm gonna give them a shout yeah, out yeah. because uh, we're supposed to do something together. Um, no hold us podcast. Yes. Um, yes. I, I believe she's in LA. Um, mm-hmm. and, I, I it's it's badass. I heard the first episode. It's just badass to see so many. I, I'm telling you, so many other. Um, there's one thing to say: people doing creative things. But if for for me and I, I, I feel Yay would probably feel the same way. Salvadorians doing the same thing, you know, around the same mindset and being raised the same way to be doing things. it, it, it it's amazing to see that, and I'm just happy. I, I think. It's an amazing thing. Like, I can't describe it because it's just amazing to see it because you're feeling... The, then people are feeling the same thing I'm feeling, you know? Being first generation and, you know, understanding that our culture hasn't been as su- successful, I guess, out there, you know, and put out there because there's no there hasn't been nobody out there putting it out, you right. know? Right, and so, we're
1: young. That's the yeah. thing. We've been in this country, like, not that long and that yeah. we're finally, like, Getting out there, we're finally seeing each other, we're finally like finding each other, and we're able to kind of like, fuck yeah, that's my experience too, and validate each other. And I feel like be- even though we're Salvadoran, like we all have very different experiences of like growing up conservative or like liberal or growing up like, you know, going back and forth or growing up and you were born over there and then you never went back. We have such varied experiences of being Salvadoran. I think it's so beautiful to come together and say, like, yeah, me too. Right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. And, I mean,
0: yeah. I don't know, I just. I love it. I love where it's going. I'm super excited yeah. for what's coming next. Actually, so what's next for you, Lady? <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Oh, I'm I'm curious too. <laughs> well, um, I'm working on a couple art shows. I'm working on um, actually have a show in March where I'm showing with another Salvadoran artist, actually Mo Penders. She's uh, this photographer, and she's based in Houston, and she's phenomenal. So she invited me to be part of her show.
0: Where are you going to be showing? Here?
1: Yeah, yeah, here. El, El Rincón Social on Harrisburg. When? Uh, March 24th. And so um, I'll get those details to you to come okay, out. Okay, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be good. It's a bunch of amazing artists. There's like 19 of us. and then. So
0: let people know when, uh, yeah, March what?
1: March 24th.
0: Okay, yeah, 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 yeah for yeah. sure. Ladies and gentlemen, y'all make sure to uh, hit up... <laughs> My girl, uh, Yadi, y'all go <laughs> sh- check her out. She's doing great things. Yeah, thank no you, thank you. For sure. What else do you have?
1: Um, should just... we
0: expect another zine? I should ask.
1: I think so. I feel like there's so many things out there to like write down, or I'm like kicking around so many ideas, and I think like that's kind of cool to just explore and develop that. Um, I'm trying to work on video footage. I think that's kind of something new. So recently, I discovered all this home movies. From like when we went to Salvador like 20 years ago. So it's like, ugh, how do I process emotionally all that? How do I make art of that? And how do I share that? So I think that's like what I'm really excited. To explore new storytelling in 2018 with video.
2: I love
0: it. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm excited. And we're going to talk about some things right now um, off air that I want to talk to you about. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I think you'd be interested. I just
2: don't want to put it out there because cool. it's something, you know. Keep it on the deal. Yeah. Jamal? Yeah, well, uh, one last thing out of curiosity. Um, how big is the culture out there in New York as far as El Salvador? And Ooh. where is it at?
1: Ooh, I think, like, the major hotspots for us is um, Long Island, actually. Like, okay. Hempstead, specifically, and Brentwood. And find the- good
0: pupusas and everything? I
1: go to Brooklyn. I- I'm not going to go to Long Island. <laughs> Brooklyn has good pupusas?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we Brooklyn at.
1: we Brooklyn at.
0: That boy Biggie knew what he was talking about when he said, We're Brooklyn With at. the on his head. Yeah. <laughs> we Brooklyn at. Please. That boy knew what he was talking about. We're Brooklyn at. With the cortido. Right, take a bite. <laughs> We're Brooklyn <laughs> We suck for that one, Jamon, but yeah, yeah. we're terrible.
2: terrible. Okay, so you said it's actually a lot of it's in in Long Island.
1: Yeah, Long Island. um, There's uh, so many in Virginia and Maryland, Mm -hmm. like outside of the Washington, D.C. area. We're out in L.A., we're in Houston, and I feel like we're in like those major hotspots. We're finding each other every day, and it's amazing that's awesome yeah
2: and so you see it's pretty much been growing and growing it really has how long have you been over there in New York again
1: oh it's six years already this year it went by so fast I don't know how it's just like New York fucking minute man like that shit is real
2: yo y'all look busy all the time out there man (laughs) I was watching people walking down the street like, they, live, they live. I mean, they live. They
1: live the yeah.
0: same. Fake it till you make it. Yeah, yeah. act like you busy, motherfucker. I then it's funny because a lot
2: of people like show up to no, no,
0: no, 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 <laughs> no, no living room, nothing. It's an empty house, we but they fake it like, like, like they're playing that apartment though they're gonna fake it they're gonna make it you know the house it's make it. what we call in this right? place
2: but no I see them as like people wearing, wearing black and sleek and they're like business all business and stuff yeah they're fascinating
1: I didn't realize how fast I walked until I came home and I'm like at the store with my mom and I'm like dragging her I'm like am I walking fast she's like no I just need to keep up and I was like oh my gosh who am I
2: I'm so the ground, like, New York. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm stop real quick. Let me get up.
1: <laughs> yeah. Or mild. just parking, right? Like I'm okay parking far away and just walking. it. they're yeah. like, "No, get somewhere closer." Hey, and what I'm are you like... doing? Hey, get... <laughs> yeah. it's right
2: there. wait for that guy to get out. <laughs>
1: Basically, put your blinker. Under.
2: But you say you don't really drive that often, though. Too over there. Uh, right? No,
1: I don't drive at all over there.
2: That's pretty wild. I know, cause um, I when I went, I drove. I got a rental what? car and I drove around over there, which was really interesting.
1: Did he want to, like, be mad all the time? Like...
2: (laughs) Boy, I put insurance in that card, and thank God I did, I was like, man, I'm fixing to get hit or hit somebody because everything... I mean, I left a little bit of space, and a bus came and just, like, (laughs) cut me off, and I was like, "Nick, Nick, really? Like... You're about to get the fuck knocked crazy. out of that right? like, people are crazy and stuff, but so I can I can only imagine uh, And they're so sad. narrow, everything's just so narrow. Yeah. And expensive parking yeah. so, like there ain't no like free parking. It's like yo, Mm-mm. that little garage that goes down, or if you do get something on the side, it's like yo, that shit's like expensive. Yeah. I parked in Times Square oh, why? for two hours why? because we were about to leave. <laughs> I took my wife. My She's kid. an idiot, Yadie. Well, I did it because I was like, we don't have time to look at parking and be cheap about it. So yeah. I was like, all right, fuck it. Paid I, was, I paid, I was like 25 bucks for two hours. I was like, God. I was
1: like, 25. Like, That's a good deal. What are you talking about? You're going to give me a massage while we're at it? Or what the fuck are you going
0: to do? Repeat after me. I what? am an idiot. Why want idiot. You are what you park? I am
2: lazy and I want to do it quick. We were trying to be quick. I can't
0: blame you, though. I mean, I, I hate the whole process of parking and all that shit so i would have probably picked that too so you're good Yadi, yeah. <laughs> um i would like to thank you right uh, first Aww. uh another thing i want to do is uh if you could give everybody where they can find you and all that yeah, stuff uh, find your everything yes. yes
1: yes yes uh so my website is www.yadi.com. so it's y-e-i-r-y.com and i have everything there i have my shop i have events where i'm going to be out where i'm going to sell in person where i'm doing my next readings um, just biography and just like my blog where I keep up with all that stuff too so follow me there all my social media handles are on there too but um, I'm at Yadie bird on everything because I'm very consistent So where's the
3: bird come from
1: you know, it's funny from like Lady Bird. Johnson. St- I was gonna Johnson. say it sounded like Lady Bird for yeah, a second. Yeah, yeah, because Yadi okay. like Lady, and okay. I like LBJ, even though he's very problematic. But like, <laughs> <laughs> like,
2: every, like every damn president. Right? Point, right. Yeah.
1: Well, he gave us civil rights, so I'm just gonna like <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> start with that. All guess. Right. The start. Right? <laughs> I guess. But that was his wife, or right? yeah, Lady Bird was his right. wife. That's yeah, right. yeah. Okay. So that's Cool. I'm at. Thank
0: you, Yadi, for yeah, joining us today. I really so much appreciate for it. Me. Absolutely. Um, this is wonderful. Of course, every time you come into town, we have to have you. We just enjoy <laughs> talking to you, so <laughs> we really you, appreciate it. You. I love. Thank you, anger. ladies and gentlemen. Um, make sure to follow us and give us a follow on Instagram and Jamal. The rest of you, so Yo,
2: hit up iTunes, subscribe, comment, give us the reviews, five stars. You can tell me I'm a dick, but at least give me five stars while you tell me that. I would appreciate that. But you give know, give the
0: mean. five stars first, and exactly. then give us tell him
2: he's a dick. Yeah, iTunes, SoundCloud, uh, Google Play, Google Play, Play Music. Music. I mean, you can find us everywhere. So you know, just even whatever podcast
3: app you use, you can find us on there as well. So thank y'all for listening. Peace.